This man, he was superb for us last year, helping us with the coverage there on the Gold Coast. I speak of Chris Nelson, thanks to Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. G'day, Chris O. Good morning, Gareth. Welcome back. And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, joining you and catching up with you tomorrow morning. And uh, if I have to give you a lift anywhere, yes. I'll make sure I remember where I park my car. Make sure you take a photo of your car um, <laughs> when you leave leave it there on the surface paradise in the back streets there. But it's always a really good day. They'll have the the, the horses galloping along the beach there in the early yep. part of the morning. And then we've got the all-important barrier draw. And we had Spywire that competed there on the weekend. I thought he was pretty good. I thought Arabian Summer, as Dean Watling and Mitchie Lewis pointed out just before, she was probably nearly as impressive as Spywire. And you're getting a far better price than yeah, for I... her. What, what's your thoughts on that? I tend to agree. Uh, yeah. look, I, I, I think Spywire was good. Look, yep. the times were, there wasn't a lot between them on yep. the overall times or the breakdown sectionally, to be honest. Uh, Arabian Summer ran a little bit quicker than Spywire did, but Spywire just worries me at a strong 1,200 metres if there's yeah. pressure on, and there yep. will be pressure on. And that's that's what worries me. I, I could just see him sort of, I, I reckon he changed stride a little bit late too. I think he feels the pressure, and I think that was shown up in that Why on Magic Millions where, uh, he was run over late. So I've just got my doubts about Spywire. Arabian Summer, well, I mean, she comes through that Ballarat race, which is never, ever a good guide. However, this year might be different because she looked pretty good and her previous two runs to the Ballarat were both good runs in town in early season two-year-old races that were good quality races. So uh, I love the way she was strong to the line. So you got one there with her who can go forward or can now take a sip and she's nice and strong to the line, whereas Spywire might be more one-dimensional just all speed. And if he gets in front and they take him on, he could be keen. And then I get the feeling he might be looking for the looking for an Uber late, 100 metres from the line, whereas Arabian Summer will be stronger. So I'm with the boys. I favour her over him. And you even got that out of that Ballarat race. Parkour that went to Sydney and was impressive and currently at $7.50. Yep. So, and Highness is at six fifty at the moment, that two-year-old classic market. Arabian Summer at $9. Storm Boy's the one to beat at two sixty, of course. And then Wolfgang did nothing wrong. After its impressive uh, performance there in, in Adelaide on debut. So it's a good race. The Barry will play a major part. And I guess I want to ask you this question as well. What did you make of the track there on Saturday? I think it played well. I know there was a few people that thought that uh, you couldn't make ground. Uh, and there was others that thought the inside wasn't going to be any good. But I thought it played quite okay. I mean, uh, look, you've got quality horses. If you're out the back you're always going to struggle to make ground anyway because you've got horses in front that are, that are quality and you've got one sitting better than midfield that are quality. So those back markers have got their work cut out the best of times. Yeah. Now, they did go like the clappers in that last race and we saw Lavish Empire weave its way through from well back in the field and we did see some of the others running on down the outside late. So, look, it's always advantageous to be up near the speed anyway in any race. Uh, but, no, I thought it played very well and we did have... We did have some light rain during the day, especially in the early part of the day, and it didn't really chop up at all. On a note, we've had 20-something mils of rain overnight on the Gold Coast, so um, that'll just save them from watering it. So I think first time around, I think it played really well. And under the circumstances, with all that rain that you've had up there in Queensland, oh. it's remarkable how it's played. It's, thank uh, God, it thank God they changed. Like if the, <laughs> after what we saw last year, there'd be no chance they would have raced there on Saturday. No, no, there was, must be one hell of a drainage under yeah. that track now. But that, I think it was over 200 mils of rain in the previous seven days. And, and it was back to a, a good four by Friday, which was amazing. So, 
Uh, yeah, well, they'll be they'll be happy to see a bit of rain on that track because it'll save them from watering it just to keep the moisture in it. So, no, I think it played really well, and I think it'll play again uh, quite well on Saturday. But as I said, being up near the speed or up on the pace is better to better to be up there anyway. They win like seven out of ten races up in the first four. Yep. History tells you that you can win anywhere really from a Magic Millions two-year-old classic point yes. of view. We've had leaders and we've had horses that come from the clouds to win a race like this. So, And as we saw at Geelong, that you can be a little bit critical of the track, but when you have a look at the numbers sometimes, and it doesn't matter what sport it is or what code you're following, if these quality animals get away with an easy time, especially in the yep. early part, um, from the start, say, to... Um, the first four or five hundred meters of any race, and they get they get an easy time of it. It is difficult for these horses to make up ground. Oh, they're going to have to pull out sub, you know, thirty three, even quicker sprint homes from the six hundred to run these leaders down when they yeah. do have an easy time. So it's just impossible. It's impossible to do. And look, you'd be far better off uh, backing horses that settle in the first four or five. You'll win a lot more races. But that, overall, I think it played really well. Yes, if they go like the Clappers on Saturday, which they may well do, we'll get a final field at uh, 10 o'clock Queensland time this morning. We'll be able to do a bit of a map and work it out. It'll give those off pace a chance. But uh, you know what, Gareth? I'm just about declaring Storm Boys an absolute moral. Uh, can you say that again, please? We just got to tweet that out and it'll be the video content. It'll be on TikTok. It'll be all over the place here. You know the drill, Chris. So say that again, please. So we... well, uh, can I... Can I add one disclaimer? <laughs> no, no you say, can't. I'll just, say, I'll just say, it should Storm Boy draw a half-decent barrier? Yes. It's an absolute moral. Okay. Please explain why. Why are you so confident? You're never usually this confident, Chris, and I love. I love it. Well, you're this bullish. I just think it's head and shoulders above anything else in the race. You've got yeah. question marks over there. I mean, we spoke about Spywire late in the race. We speak about Arabian Summer. Comes through the Ballarat race, still a bit of a query. Yes. Uh, and look, fair's fair. She won well on Saturday, but she didn't beat a lot. Uh, Storm Boy's done nothing wrong. He won that first race uh, in Sydney impressively. And then he came up here and he struck some trouble. He had to work for the first part of the race. He was wide, yet he still pulled out plenty and he won clearly. He didn't beat a lot that day either, but he did it under trying circumstances. Highness was good winning at Wyong. The numbers aren't strong out of the race, though. And I just wonder... Uh, well, I wonder, just wonder about that one. That's my query. That's probably the one I've got in sitting second. He goes in second, but the other two, I reckon Storm Boy's got them covered easy. And I just can't see much else down the page at any sort of a price. Highness was one of those, like, you don't know he's ceiling in a way because he looked mm. like he was in all sorts of trouble there at Wyong. And then Tommy changed, changed the, the, he's, changed the, the whip, um, hands with the whip, yep. and, and he just found a, he jumped out of the ground. Now, whether that was because Spywire fell in a hole and it made him look a little bit better than he was, um, time will tell, I guess. But that's that's the situation with these two-year-old races. You just don't know. Some of them can continue to go from strength yep. to strength with their improvement, and others can go back pretty quickly. They might get shin sore. It's a... They're difficult. They're difficult. They're a difficult age group to work out. These two-year-olds, but if you can get it right, it's a lot of fun. And I would have to say that I'd say it's well, it's ninety-nine point nine percent certain, even probably a hundred. The Storm Boy is going to be well in front of Highness in the run. Yeah, hundred percent. We know that. Yeah. So, and, and Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bot are just. I don't think I've ever seen a a stable really dominate in the early part of the season with their two-year-olds like they have this time around. I think they've got. They've got the favourites left, right and centre in all of the yep. major two-year-old races. 
They have. They've got Straight Charge, who we were keen on early doors, yeah. but unfortunately he's not running. Goes to the slip. Uh, goes to Diamond, I think. And and we've got Shangri La, who's the favourite for the uh, for the Golden Slipper. And there's probably four or five others too. So yeah, absolutely amazing. And they would have worked all those horses against each other, and they'd know which are the best of them. And I think Stormborn might be right up there. It's not a vintage three-year-old Guineas. No, it's not. And look, I had a good look at the race last night, and yeah, I struggle. Look, Sydney Bowler. Looks as though he's going the yep. right way in New South Wales, but and I wouldn't say at this stage you could say he's a budding superstar. I actually ended up looking. Chrysler's always been consistent in these sorts of races, so probably deserves to be up there in the line of uh, equal favouritism. At this stage, I went looking for a bit of value, and if the track is good, which it probably will be, I'm going to. I might go back to Show Me Mercy, depending on the barrier draws now. It's one that ran a cracking race in the gold edition, local trained by Stuart Kendrick, yeah. and on behind uh, Abounding. And Hulika had uh, next time all over it, 1350 metres, did that, went to the Vaux Road, but struck a wet track and just did not handle the wet track. The wheels spun. Back on a good track on Saturday, you'll probably get, at this stage, I think is around $14, something like that. At, at this early stage, Show Me Mercy is the way I'm heading. I can give you $17 for Show Me Mercy there with go. Bet365 and that three-year-old Guineas. So it's going to be a really good day of racing there on Saturday. There's so much prize money on offer. Um, we've got these two debutante maiden races, which will be good luck trying to pick the winner there. Um, the market's <laughs> been the out trial. for a little while off the trials. Have you got an opinion there, Chris O? I'm uh, just having a look at the actual races so now. So we've got I the Hamo at 325. Uh, Barracuda at four seventy five. This is the Colts and Geldings, and then Ballistia at six dollars. Lead me on at seven dollars, and then Jew Kelsini is about eight dollars there. And then in the two year old Phillies debutante race, two Darren Lizzie at two fifty, Dominetta at three fifty, and then we've got Frobel Star at five dollars. I think two Darren Lizzie. I was having a look at the nominations there the other day, um. Andrew Lloyd Webber, I think, owns that Galloper. Two darn oh, really? Yes. Well, for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Well, there you go. There's another one. And I can tell you, I've got to do some work, obviously, on those trials, but I know that the Hamo trialed really well up here. Uh, and he won by a space in good time. So uh, I've got to go right through those trials and look for the ones that ran the time and, and won and weren't uh, pushed along. Because most we don't see that in trials very often, but because these horses needed to win to make the field... Some of them are shoved right along and they were put under plenty of pressure in their trials. So Would they be disappointed with the field sizes there? Because I think sometimes when you have a look at those two-year-old races towards the back end of last year, especially some of those like the feel and ready type of races, I think because yep. of these races here with the big prize money up for grabs, um, but you had to be on debut, I reckon it hurt the quality of the those races before Christmas. It has. It, and it's been a, a definite talking point up here that a lot of the trainers are holding their horses back for their debut races. Uh, and once they feel, once they realise they can't get in because they haven't won a trial, uh, and then they have to go somewhere else. It was what Tony de Golland did with one of his the last year, yeah. I think, on uh, on Saturday. But yeah, and it, it is. And if it's not, if it wasn't for the Mashanis up here, I don't think we'd have much in the way of two-year-old racing. Yeah. We really would struggle until we get to this time of year when we get some interstaters on the scene. But yeah, it's something that has to be looked at and I think will be looked at. Lloyd, yeah, Lord Lloyd Webber is in the ownership there of Two Darn Lizzie, who's, a, of course, a daughter of Two Darn Hot. I think Lloyd Webber's got a connection to the side Two Darn Hot. Correct okay. me if I'm wrong, but I'll have to... Um, I'll he might be to, on the Gold Coast. Yeah, he might be. We might have to get him on, get him we'll up get to him sing us a tune or two. 
Hey, um, he's there, he'll be on your show. Yes, yes. Now, just having a, a look at those races there on Saturday on the Gold Coast as well, um, we might play you the replay of uh, the feature outside of those juvenile races. And that, of course, was the, the tab wave there on Saturday. And there was a bit of an upset in this feature. Arts Objects running on. Here's Encoder. No run, Zoe's promise. Arts Object in front. Encoder about a half length away, trying ever so hard. Arts Objects in front. It's a boil over in the wave. Arts Object. Arts Object beats Encoder. 80 grand got up for third. And fourth in was Noah and Adil. Zoe's promise. It's a boil over. Arts in. Object, this uh, four-year-old mare by Sue Star, paid in excess of $50. I think one of our mm. good mates, Paul Joyce, was a part owner as well. For Kurt he Goldman. Yeah, he'd be uh, swimming in cash with Paul Joyce. He no doubt would have had something on as well as the prize money. So good luck to Paul and good luck to all the connections. And be honest with you, Gareth, when they hit the home turn or just before, it's the only horse you wanted to be on. She was absolutely bolting. Uh, Angela Jones had her three back defence and then got it got to the outside and yeah. she just loomed up to them quickly and she was never going to be beaten. Encoda was good, ran second. I think Encoda's a horse with... with uh, a good ability that we should continue to follow through uh, his preparation. But the one proviso we think he has to have dry ground. And he had that on Saturday. Johnny O'Shea's got the key to his um, mare in Jukwira that continues just to like her form's okay in Sydney, but when she heads to the Gold Coast, she just finds three yeah. or four lengths like most of us do. <laughs> I was going to say there's a few people around <laughs> like that. Some will find five or six in the next uh, seven days. Yes. <laughs> Uh, June Query, yeah, beautifully ridden and uh, sat off them, had the gaps in the straight, whereas Chili Philly, who was uh, heavily backed, ended up three wide from gate number two, did have some cover, but was five deep round the turn. So the difference there, Chili Philly's five wide round the home turn, June Query's about two wide getting the gaps, and that was the telling tale. I thought Vanquish was a big prize, let all of the way Timmy Clark never looked like getting beat, but the second horse was the eye catcher. Second horse was a, a fantastic run, Passima. Uh, got too far back as as she has, and clear at the 200 metre mark, she really savaged the line there. That was a very good performance. That's third run, third career start, uh, winning a maiden next start or very very shortly. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think Pasima is definitely a horse that we can keep a close eye on going forward. And what about Barassi? Um, we've been like I remember on the Gold Coast, we talked about this horse. I think we had Toby yep. Edmonds on your show. It was. And we're talking about the quality of Barassi. Um, and he had all of those trials and it, he, he's obviously had his issues along the, along the journey. Um, and then he was beaten as an odds on favorite there on debut in town in Brisbane, but he won like far lap there on Saturday. <laughs> we had Trent Edmonds on the punters mate. Yes. Uh, just after he was beaten Barassi first up a couple of weeks ago. And asked what happened, and he said, well, we were just completely dumbfounded. We just went to the races that day expecting him to win by the length of the straight. And so we're very disappointed. We'll push on to the Magic Millions Maiden, and we'll see how we go. So that's exactly what he's done. Uh, we saw the real Barassi there. Because in his trials, as we discussed, as you said, Gareth, many times, he'd bolted in his trials. He hadn't been touched. He'd run fast time. So we'd all been waiting for him. So I think we were all disappointed at that uh, debut. But uh, certainly Trent and Toby were. But they'd be smiling on Saturday. He ran... He ran 28.65 and 33.15. He's run a yep. real quick time. Can't wait to see what they do with him. So what do you think they'll do with him? What, what's his ceiling on that? He'll definitely go through his classes. 
Yeah, yeah. They said they'd put him away now for a break yeah. uh, and see where it takes them. Look, I suppose a horse like him, they've got to really monitor him closely. He's probably unsound, so he could go and miss at any stage. He's had all those problems along the way. So probably hard to map out too much of a plan with him, knowing his background. And he's the son of I'm Invincible, and he's still got his – well, he's still a bull. So, mm. um, yeah, if they think he's that good, they, they might – they might really look after him and see how he goes and try and find a listed race for him somewhere. But um, he never really was out of second gear on the weekend. No, I think most people just expected him to stop once they got early yeah. in the straight and he just kept on going. He increased the margin to four and a half and he was doing it quite comfortably on the line. So I'd say a good break and we'll see him probably in the early part of the uh, the winter carnival. And if he kicks on from there, well, Sky might be the limit. Few questions coming through for you, Chris. Oh, here. Um, if we had a price on how many horses named Mashani led in the first <laughs> four hundred meters, um, you'd be a rich man if you back back those horses to jump and run. They at least you know that their, their pattern anyway. The the Mashani yeah. Gallopus. Yeah, but you do, and look, you know them every year too. They they start off really well in these two year old races. I mean, that's the business plan. Les Ross and Mike Crooks have get the cutest money, and they do that. Then they tend to struggle a little bit as the races get uh, more stronger. Then we see them as three-year-olds, and then we probably don't see them again after that. They might go north or somewhere like that. So that's the pattern. You should jump on it every single year. Chris, are there any horses that we need to be taking a close eye? I know the carnival's coming towards an end there in Queensland, but any black bookers there for you from the weekend? Yeah, I thought out of race number two, and this is the horse that ran second to Spywire, was Bo Dazzler. Yes. I, I thought I heard that he might be going to New Zealand for a Caracas race. I'm not sure that I was dreaming that or, or I heard No, he is, anyway, I think. Yeah. He, he definitely is. Well, the way he finished that race off, you looked 20 metres past the line, if not even that. He was in front of Spywire. He just needs further, so he was okay. Uh, Barassi, obviously. Payline, also out of one of the maidens. Race number four, Payline goes back to a, a provincial or a midweek yeah. and is going to bolt in. That was Barassi's race. And Passimar we spoke about. So they're the main ones from me from last Saturday. And I think the Australians might have a really good hand. I think, as we just mentioned, Holy Mans is heading over there for that four-year-old race owned by the Lindsay family. So from Cambridge stud. So he was impressive there at Geelong. But Bo Dazzler won the worst ever um, <laughs> edition <laughs> of the Feel and Ready. And I thought, oh, like, none of these horses are going to be competitive going forward. But you were right. Bo Dazzler was the eye catcher. Yeah. Or that could just maybe paint the picture a little bit better for Spywire and the fans well, there. We'll get Johnny O'Neill's thoughts on Spywire on Wednesday. He's an interesting story around, just quickly, Bo Dazzler. He had his debut at Toowoomba and he missed the start and he did everything wrong. He loomed up on the home turn to win still. And then he got uh, put off by some lights. And Maddie and Tony Sears uh, complained that we shouldn't be racing two-year-olds under lights early in the season. And that went through. So that will not happen anymore. We won't have any two-year-olds running up here under lights uh, going forward. So that may have been the reason he was beaten on debut, and he's done pretty well since. Yeah, and he was heavily supported on debut, and he's definitely heavily supported yeah. in that feeling ready when Robbie Dolan, of course, um, took over the riding on that galloper. So no, it's going to be a great day. Chris, so this is a question coming through from Jerry. He says, do you think the Magic Millions race day now surpasses Stradbroke Day? No. No, because no. I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Yeah. I think it's great having both of them. Uh, it's look, no, I don't, because Stradbroke Day is open to all comers, whereas Magic Millions Day is, is basically Magic Millions horses plus a few wild cards, as we know. So, 
No, I would yeah. say not at this stage. But if you were born 30 years uh, before I was, you probably would think so. <laughs> Apart from putting stupid um, free passes in or slot race type of things into the Stradbroke, Racing Queensland have got that carnival right. And I think oh. that, I, I think clearly that that Stradbroke, like if you, if like I love the Magic Millions, but he said to me, Gareth, you've got a choice to go to the Queensland Winter Carnival or the Queensland Summer Carnival. There is no question. There's no hesitation to say I'm heading up there in the winter, especially yeah, if you're in the southern states. Yeah, oh, definitely. But the, oh, the thing about the Gold Coast is it's perfectly placed in that particular area, yeah. as you know, that time of year. Everyone's in a good mood. They're on holidays. The weather's hot. It's just you wouldn't. It wouldn't work anywhere else. And there was some talk uh, years ago about moving it back to Brisbane, and it just wouldn't be the same. It'd lose its uh, glamour. The whole it just would not be the same. Yeah. So. Part of the Gold Coast Magic Millions is it being on the Gold Coast. That's the success behind it all. Totally agree, mate. What's the weather looking like this week? Uh, sort of shower or two each day. So you never yep, really yep. know. It could. Uh, I don't think we'll get the sort of heat we had last year on the beach, Gareth, tomorrow morning. But hopefully the sun's out and it's not uh, spinning or anything like that. So sort of a mixed bag. Don't really know what to expect. Well, come and say g'day. We'll be, I think, um, Heels and Paddy will be before us. We'll be starting the show an hour later, Eastern State time anyway, at um, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock in Queensland. So hopefully you can join us then. Good on you, Chris. So thanks for that, mate. And, um, yeah, make sure you take a photo of your car when you park <laughs> that car before you come to the beachfront there tomorrow. I guarantee you I'll find it and I guarantee you I'll give you a lift because I owe you one.